place was a booming, and one you couldn't get through this town down there. But it did now. About eight or ten coal mines shut down at one time. It's the same halftime speech every single week. There's so much negativity surrounding this place that no one ever focuses on the positive. They see us as ignorant or hillbillies. Overdose capital of the East Coast. There's really more here than just poverty and illiteracy and drugs. There's a lot of good people here. When you walk on this field, you better have tunnel vision. Don't look left, don't look right. You look at that scoreboard, and that shit burning your heart, you understand me? We got some ground to make up. And once we make that ground up, we'll take off. Let's go. I took a walk through this beautiful world. Felt the cool rain on my shoulder. Found something good in this. New York City, where I live. And it's easy to think, having lived here nearly all my life, that this is what America looks like. Thinks like. That the things that are important to me are important to everybody. That every place else is out there. Unthinkable. Maybe even unknowable. Six hundred miles away from Midtown Manhattan is McDowell County, West Virginia. Another America. In the mind of many of my fellow New Yorkers, the heart of God, guns, and Trump country. The existential enemy. There is a place on God's creation. A place of beauty beyond compare. Some people say it's almost heaven. Look for me, you'll find me there. My daddy always told me, you know, those tornadoes and hurricanes, they can't get to us. Uh, we're down in these mountains and down in the holler, and these mountains protect us. Here, if you're going to see the sky, you got to look up. You can find me on the highest mountain. You can't find me in the black coal mine. To think about, much less empathize with somebody who comes from five generations of coal miners in a place that looks like this is to our enduring shame unthinkable. Why can't these coal miners get retrained, maybe put up solar panels for a living? Why would these conservative, deeply religious people vote for a thrice-married billionaire New Yorker? Well, I went to West Virginia and you know what? Screw you. Here in the heart of every belief system I've ever mocked or fought against, I was welcomed with open arms by everyone. I found a place both heartbreaking and beautiful. 
a place that symbolizes and contains everything wrong and everything wonderful and hopeful about America. The town of Welsh, known in its glory days as Little New York. Welch is a very royal area. I mean, it's an hour away from Walmart. I mean, if that tells you anything, it's a real old historic town built in the 1800s. The American dream in miniature, a place where generations of immigrants and dreamers could work and lift up their family. The town of Welch, when it was booming, the sidewalks were so crowded, they would be traffic backed up like a mile. You couldn't find a place to park. We had three hospitals, had the taxi cab stand, had uh, like three jewelry stores. It was just a wonderful place. The rest of the country took a lot of money out of these hills over the decades. Billions and billions of dollars. And when it became cheaper or more convenient to pull the coal we needed to power our electrical grids and to make our steel elsewhere, this is what was left behind. But this is not a poverty porn show. Do not pity the people here, who despite what you may think, are not unrealistic about a return to the glory days of coal and better times. I drank coffee from the time I could walk. They put coffee in your bottle, coffee or wine. <laughs> Linda McKinney is a true daughter of Appalachia. She raised her children here. Linda's husband, Bob McKinney, is a longtime mine safety inspector. Now, your family originally from Naples, is that right? Yes. Naples area? Came here in 1923, trying to strike it rich in the coal mines. My mother died um, when I was five. So we went to live with my nonna, and the first day I was there, she pulled me up to a cook stove. This is the dish that my nonna cooked during hunting season with squirrels. Mm -hmm. Well, we, these aren't squirrels. This is chicken. Dinner is a not untypical expression of hard scrabble Appalachian practicality. Now, I don't measure anything, so nothing has a recipe here. And Neapolitan roots. Basil. Home kitchen gardens, hunting, and gathering. This my dad would call pizzelles, the peas. Mm, make your mama dance. <laughs> now, this is what I'm famous for in these parts. Have you ever had spaghetti pizza? No, you uh, haven't. Don't say you haven't. <laughs> I have <laughs> The tomato sauce was made with Joel's tomatoes at the food bank. We harvested those yesterday, and I made on spaghetti wow. sauce. Nearby, Joel runs an organic hydroponic farm that supplies the local school system. The people here are very good. They give you the shirt off their back, come together in times of tragedy or anything. Christian values mean something here. They're practiced on the street and in the home. Most of you've all got your potatoes, right? Linda runs five loaves and two fishes, a food bank that holds many of the lives here together during tough times. 16,000 people walk through these doors annually in a county of 20,000. Gracious God, we just thank you for this day that we're able to give food out again. This is not a regular give out. Watch over us, protect us, help us to keep cool heads. Father, we pray over the food we're about to eat for the nourishment of our body. Just bless it in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. 
This is our home. We love it here. We're very close to our church. Everybody knows everybody. They're all dying now, but we're still hanging on, aren't we, honey? Yeah. <laughs> Was there any sizable Italian-American Italian oh, community yes. here? Oh, yes. Time? A lot of immigrants from different countries came here. Uh, still how large? No, we've gone from, what, 100,000 to 10,000? 10,000. In the county itself, as of the last census. So. Mm. Those are some grim statistics. Yes, um, yes. The coal that came out of this area built America, yes. right? McDowell County alone was called the Billion Dollar Coal Field. And the people that were in charge at the time didn't take advantage of all that money in case something did happen to the coal mine. The cool thing is that West Virginia is developing a strong entrepreneur movement mm -hmm. that a lot of people don't know about. Like with Joey, he started a hydroponic growing. I mean, not blaming others for their problems, just trying to solve their own. A lot of people that's really doing a lot of good mm -hmm. that we don't hear about. This is our pumpkin pie cake. You ever had a pumpkin pie cake? You probably won't like it, so we'll take your spot. <laughs> <laughs> we got spoiled. The last coal mines I worked at, I made base salary was $94,000 a year. I also taught vocational school, and most of the kids that I had said, well, I don't need this. I'm going to go in the coal mine. There's just an education piece there now that we're trying to instill in some of the people that still have that mentality that coal was, coal was king. And, you know, we don't, we don't doubt that, but um, we, we try to think outside the box and look at some other, some other opportunities that might be there. The job that I have right now Probably one of the best jobs around here, other than the few guys that works at the coal mines. I operate the school bus. I mentioned God, and guns, and truck. Get more physical! Let's go! Run! But I forgot another big one. Football. Well, I was born and raised there. I've been here all my life. Played defensive end for Welch High School. Graduated there in 1976. The Mount View Golden Knights have long carried the mantle of the town as perpetual underdogs, mostly the children of miners, many from very difficult situations at home. Why are you walking? Hurry up! This week, it's homecoming. Whistle! Coach Larry Thompson has of late imposed some order and higher academic standards on the Knights. There are high hopes. Lord, thank you for this food we're about to receive for the nourishment of our bodies. And bless these young men and these young women as they cheer and as they play on the field. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's go eat, guys. Local boosters put together a pre-game deal of ribs, baked potatoes, and chicken. These kids, you know, they got long days. They wake up 4.45, 5 o'clock, yeah. and they don't leave off the hill with us till about 7 o'clock after practice. So, you know, they, they go through a lot. Uh, how many generations of uh, coal in your family? Um, at least five. Wow. Coach Mike Anderson is second in command. Cole and anybody else's family? Yeah. Nah, like trash man, man. That, that's a really common job in my family. Don't feel bad. Trash men make more money than teachers do, Charles. <laughs> Fred Fatback Minko, Micah Woogie McLaughlin, and Cole Chavo Anderson are in many ways typical Mount View players and students with the hopes and dreams of, well, any other high school students. Homecoming. It is. How big a deal is football in general and this game and, and what you guys do? You know, a lot of these kids, they understand that there's not a lot of resources here. Before, you can kind of feel the, the dreariness that, that kind of lingered around the community. But now, you know, with these boys winning, the, the work ethic they're putting in, 
you can feel the support. You know, like we did a few community outreach programs this summer. We went down to the park and they painted, and they feel it. They feel that sense of pride. How's this football program changed your life? It gave me something to do, stay out of trouble. Some of these guys have changed 100%. They had no guidance, no discipline. They have outside forces that could be pulling them into different directions. And they know how that life is going to go for them. And as a team in here relying on each other, their limits are out of this world. You know, in the past, you could get out of high school pretty sure that you were going to make big money in, in, you know, working in coal. You don't have that kind of guarantee now. What do you see yourself doing in 10 years? Journalism. Journalism. I hope in 10 years, I hope to be studying my PhD and be a mechanical engineer. Mechanical engineer. Yes, sir. I'm definitely going to be a neuropsychologist. Neuropsychologist. Yeah. Yo, what's tougher, life, life or football? Life. Life, definitely. There's no halftime in life. There's no timeouts in life. There's no none of that. That was a really good answer. <laughs> <laughs> Love thy brother is one thing. That's all well and good. But these guys want to win. They need to win. And everyone will be watching. I make my home in people. Why are you dancing with them? I fear it pouring to their veins. My soul is family on me. One, two, three. Family we all do things our own way, and since the way that each of us sleeps is unique, you need a bed that fits you just the right way. Sleep Number smart beds make your sleep experience as individual as you are, using cutting-edge technology to give you effortless, high-quality sleep every night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, during Sleep Number's President's Day sale, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed plus special financing for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. See store for details. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. This week on Chasing Life... I sit down with Giles Yeo. It is a problem of our brain influencing the hunger. So hunger is a brain scenario, even though the feeling of hunger comes from your stomach. It's a very new and provocative way of thinking about a condition that impacts more than 40% of Americans. But the thing is, this approach could have big consequences for the way that we treat obesity. Listen to Chasing Life wherever you get your podcasts. boys say West Virginia girls are gold diggers. Them boys should know better, cause in West Virginia there ain't no gold, just black, black coal. And them girls, them West Virginia girls don't take no handouts. They got a living to make. And stripping is hard work. West Virginia was settled by people who were fleeing persecution, by homesteaders, people who just wanted to live their lives their own way. 
But the discovery of vast coal reserves and the big business that grew up around it changed everything. Boom, boom. Them girls shake it. Boom, boom. Them girls dance. Them boys know some of them West Virginia girls can't count. So they laugh and call them names like crazy, like whore. Just after they take all their mineral rights. Boom, boom. She was wrong. Boom, boom. Forever gone. Boom, boom. Them boys, them girls, them mountains. What is right, what is wrong, what is mine, and what gets taken away? The town of War understands this dynamic well. It's a former coal and timber camp that has more than paid its dues. Can't go wrong with biscuits and gravy. It works for me. Biscuits, gravy, two eggs up, and uh, coffee. I'm a happy man. The War Cafe is one of the few family-owned businesses left in town. It's an obvious New Yorker arrives in town. First question, why no self-service? I've been at the farthest reaches of the Arabian desert. All I got to do is climb a dune. I'm going to get three bars. I mean, the, the mountains, it's hard to get signals down into each individual valley. Nick it's Mullins is a former coal miner turned writer, working in public outreach, trying to help people transition away from fossil fuel. Try calling an ambulance here and getting out of the county to the closest hospital. They don't deliver babies at the hospital in this county anymore. Elaine McMillian Sheldon is an Oscar-nominated documentary filmmaker born and raised in southern West Virginia. If you were describing this area, uh, church-going, great part religious, gun rights important, a lot of people of my ilk, that's not going to resonate right. at all. In fact, it, it, it sounds threatening. Right, but both sides are saying the same thing. Both sides feel threatened by each other. Right. And I would say a majority of people that live in this region want to be left alone. The traditions of this place, the, the things that we value, whether that be family, interpersonal communication, not having cell phone technology to distract us, those types of things sort of butt up against America's idea of progress. And it's why we've always been looked at as being backwards. Part of the media but living here is a really big challenge because rarely people like myself actually are the ones that control our narrative, that control our story. It was always too easy to come gawk at West Virginia, to make it the poster child for whatever the agenda of the moment was. Lazy depictions of stereotypical West Virginians, hillbillies and hicks, tucked into isolated hollers to be pitied or made objects of laughter and derision. If you Google Appalachia to this day, you're going to see dirty-faced kids barefoot on a front porch shaking Linda B. Johnson's hand. There's a lot more to Appalachia than that. In 1964, Linda Johnson declared his war on poverty. A good thing, yes? But the accompanying press tour portraying the people here as an incapable and bewildered, helpless mass, missed the basic, essential character, 
the pride and the self-reliant core of the people here. That damage is lasting. When you come in and keep telling us how poor, fat, how all these things are, I think we've all felt it at some point, shame. What should people know about this area that they, that they don't know, that they're not getting? Well, I think it's been said, but it's just not been hit home. It's just how much that people in this area have been exploited. The land agents who came in and bought up all the mineral rights. The coal and timber companies that started extracting and taking everybody's labor rights. I can't find a big coal company that's got too much money. Politicians from D.C. that could make a quick day trip down here and get a good sound bite. Who is a miner in this group? Who is a stand-up? You're all standing up anyway. <laughs> the drug companies. Nine million pills in Kermit, West Virginia, over two years. One pharmacy, nine million pills. A town of 372 people. There's some political figures that come through and say that they will try to get away from the mono economy of coal. The great issue confronting West Virginia in 1960 is economic development. But by and large, the industry doesn't really want that. Why would they? If somebody could live here and make a similar living wage and not have to risk their life, then they're not going to. The other side of this is that Democrats they don't take a lot of time to understand the problems here. I just want to know how you can say you're going to put a lot of coal miners out of out of jobs and then come in here and tell us how you're going to be our friend. I don't think people understand just how genuine and wonderful the people are in these mountains. People who have just worked all their lives and who sacrificed so much for their families. You cannot talk about West Virginia without talking about coal. And coal is a complex issue here, tied into the cell tissue and family pride of the people who have worked in the mines for generations. That coal mines is something else, you know, well, you got to take care of yourself in there. That fan is blowing about 200,000 cubic feet of air into the mine, the fresh air. When you go in that mine, you know, where you're going to get lived, see the outside again. about 5,000 feet. 5,000 feet deep? Yeah, oh yeah. A little bumpy ride in places. Pat Graham is the foreman at the Paycar Mine in Kimball. Put your head. This particular mine is a metallurgical trade coal. So this is for a steel? Yeah. The average wage of a miner is 60% greater than the average wage of all laborers in the United States. That's wow. pretty phenomenal. It's easy to see why people in McDowell County want mining jobs. I'm standing in a town nearby, Welch. There's no bar. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. 
Heavenly Father, we'd like to gather here to thank you for this opportunity to support our families. Please watch after us, keep us safe while we're underground working. Amen. 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 What do you got? Oh, damn. I may just put my sandwich back here if you got bear meat. That's delicious. Do you think the country as a whole, do you think they understand the coal business at all, what coal mining is about? No, uh, no. You don't really understand no. at all. When you travel from New York to here, whether you're on a boat, plane, train, or in the sky, or driving on a car, it's because of a mine. Mining causes damage to the environment. Of this, there is no doubt. But what cannot be grown must be mined. There ain't no cell phones, for instance, without mines somewhere. Does anybody think it's going to come back big time, like 30 years ago? Or My personal opinion, mm -hmm. every time a Republican's in there, it goes up. Right. <laughs> this used to be a solidly Democratic state. What do you think made Trump attractive? A, a city slicker, three times married. That, that's easy for me. Yeah. Hillary shows up here, and she openly said she's going to put a lot of coal miners out of work. Wrong answer. How many kids you got? I got three. Three? Six. Oh, if you saw your kids have other options, would you recommend that they join the family business? No, sir. No. I, I, you would I, you'd say no? I'd about guarantee you everybody here, their dad who worked in the coal mines probably told their son, don't go into the coal mines. That's what I was told. That's what I told mine. Yeah. I mean, you're going to tell them, no, don't do it. You know, if they do, but, you're going to be proud. I'm, I'm proud from the stickers we put on our buckets, from the stickers we put on our hats, to my coffee mug there, passed down. I don't mess that thing up, but my son goes to the mines, that's gonna be his. When and if you retire, what would you like to do? Where'd you like to go? Uh, I don't know where I'm going, but I'd say I'd like back on the couch for a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from afar to say that Cole's time here has come and gone, that we should let the miners move, find some other work. What other work? The state's biggest employer is now Walmart. I've seen my share of trouble, and I've held my weight in shame, but I'm baptized in your name. Whatever your views, respect these people, what they do, and what they've paid.
bloodshot eyes Burn me ragged but I don't fret Cause there ain't been one slow me down none yet have to be durable to say the least. I mean, you're pounding the hell out of them. Actually built to be indestructible. Indestructible. Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah! Well, I guess we broke it. <laughs> this batshit crazy vertical Mad Max drag race come demolition derby is called rock bouncing. Can't learn that from bouncing around too much. Yeah, and what it's actually designed for is major collisions, and it keeps your head from tearing off your body. Adam Ringer is a native son, jack of many trades, and a man who's all too happy to spend the day trashing some hills just to show me a good time. Get me drinking that moonshine. Get me higher than the grocery bill. Lord, it's a mighty hard living. But a damn good feeling to run these roads. So that was pretty badass. <laughs> <laughs> Got your frog legs, turtle patties. Eric Williams is a hunter and trapper who caught most of this meal wading waist deep in the swamp on his property. You ever ate snapping turtle? Oh, I'm deaf there, so I'm not missing that. Smallmouth bass, mm. catfish, barbecued and fried. Wow, what a spread. Trail riding, ATVs, off-roading, and the supporting industries are an up-and-coming play for tourism in the state. There are thousands of miles of trails running through the hills and places like this. Anybody with any off-road vehicle can come. Dirt bikes, four-wheelers, mega trucks. King Knob Motorsports Park, owned by Mike Hansen and Amber Williams. They have to sign a release before they come on. They do. Yeah, that's part. Yeah. <laughs> we actually climb stuff that's vertical. Straight up. Yep. Yeah, this race this weekend, the last 30 feet of the hill, the second hill, was actually vertical. You had to hit it with enough momentum to skip up over it and land on top. Wow. That's why you got to have a lot of horsepower. But too much power can get you in a lot of trouble also. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Horsepower is not always the key to success, but it's always a lot of fun. <laughs> Hopefully you can come back and try the Barbie Jeep thing. <laughs> <laughs> Guns are a fact of life around here. Whether as a means to defend your isolated home, get yourself dinner when there's no place else to get it, or just for the fun of shooting stuff. The feeling that gun ownership is an absolute right, immutable, and non-negotiable runs deep here. Everybody's backyard look like this? Our stuff. Justin and Ashley McMillian are the nice couple next door. If unusually heavily armed. Our muzzle brake are the only kind that actually reduce recoil, muzzle rise, and flash. They own JMAC Customs, a home business that designs and builds custom weapons and parts. So this keeps you on target and makes sure that you're safe while you're shooting. Put the mag in. Safety off. Safety off. You got it. Three. 
two, one. Now, to be clear, these are fully automatic firearms. They cannot be purchased legally by individuals anywhere. But as they're in the business, these guys can apply for special highly vetted ATF licenses for purposes of product development and testing. That was just really, that was a lot of fun. To a child, what can I say? Who wants to blow up pumpkins? Just mixed up a binary explosive. Some are small and some are big. You only know when you shoot it, so. Who was surprised? I love yeah. surprises. Three, two, one. Whatever you feel about gun rights or access to weapons, there is an undeniable visceral thrill to blowing shit up. People who like guns like them for a reason. It's a whole lot of America right there. Yeah, not mine. <laughs> Two choices, venison or beef, with or without cheese? Well, venison and cheese. Yeah. Cheese. Wow, nice selection. Mm. That's what I'll have. Heavenly Father, we bow in your presence. We just thank you for this day. And most of all, we just thank you for the liberties and freedoms that our country provides and you have provided. Amen. 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 So everybody born and bred here, or? Lisa from California. Mm -hmm. And so when you came here, that was the first time you ever shot a gun, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Show him your arm. Yeah, I'm showing your tat. She got an AK tat. I've lived in Canada for a long time. I stayed in England for quite a while, Sweden for quite a while. No matter how long I'm gone, I always come back. Can't just load the Jeep up with a bunch of guns and stay out there for seven days and, you know, you can't really do that anywhere else. That's probably one of the greatest things about West Virginia. You know, we can enjoy whatever we want to enjoy. I'm not trying to force my opinions on anybody else. That being said, we will defend ours. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was guessing. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up in an environment. You see somebody at the supermarket carrying a handgun, that would be a cause for red alert. Do you think there can be common ground between somebody who grew up absolutely thinking guns are a bad thing? I say no. Okay, you're an honest man, and I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm a responsible gun owner. Why should I be crippled? in what I'm able to do as far as protecting my family. Look, I hear you. There's a fair number of people in this world who are just, you know, too dumb to pour piss out of a boot. <laughs> you know, 90-year-old drivers in Florida, they still got their license, but should they be driving? Right. I mean, a few years ago, my father was involved in a shooting uh, at his pharmacy that he works at. A man came in, he had a weapon. My dad concealed carries, he has a license to conceal carry. He drew his weapon and fired. If they take guns away from law-abiding citizens, then it's just going to be the criminals that have it. It should be pointed out, it has to be pointed out, faced head-on, that shortly after we filmed here, a gunman in Las Vegas with a perfectly legal weapon fired off 1,100 rounds in 10 minutes, wounding 422 people and killing 58. Shortly after that, 17 students were murdered in Parkland, Florida, with a legally purchased semi-automatic rifle. And the list goes on, with victims of mass shootings that have happened since this conversation measured in the hundreds. So there is that to think about, too. I don't know whether the Founding Fathers anticipated the kind of firepower that we've been playing with today. We live in a different world. There are the nice people who live next door who like guns, 
And unfortunately, there seem to be a whole lot of people who aren't nice at all. One would hope there is at least some middle ground. What is a holler? I mean, it's spelled hollow, but it's pronounced holler. A holler to me is where everybody is united. Everybody sticks with one another and takes up for one another. Lola Klein is a single mother of four children, and in many ways emblematic of both the difficulties and inherent strengths of people around here. Where do you find them? The trees or on the ground? Trees. Mostly up the trees. Squirrels are more like it's a waiting game. Find us a place and see it and watch for movement. She and her best friend, Lashana Huff, hunt together, raise kids together, and do their best to get by in a changing world that can get very hard. We gotta keep our eye out to timber rattlers. They good eating, rattlesnake? I've never eat one. I see a rattlesnake coming this way, and I go that way. <laughs> when you first go hunting, how old were you? Uh, my grandpa took me when I was about six. I just love this place. Having a bad day, you can always go up in the mountains, and it changes. neighbor's name may be Drayma Lester, but everybody here calls her Ma. 58 years. I was born and raised here. You ever think about leaving? No. She often cooks and helps look after the kids. Biscuit. Homemade biscuits, homemade gravy. Fried potatoes. Fried potatoes, excellent. And Lola does her best to look after her. That's what people do in the hollers. Dear Lord, we come to eat this day. Thank you for this food and bless the hands that fix this food. Thank you for each and every living day. Amen. Amen. And thank you for letting us make more friends. Yes. Thank you for having Amen. me. Mm mm. I've been waiting all day for this. Are you working on a farm nearby? Is that right? Yes. After the strip mines are done here, the land's usually, I mean, it's just useless. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to make a purpose. Pumpkins, watermelon. We're just trying to figure out what we'll grow on. So there's life after coal. Mm, there's life after coal. Yeah. For about eight years, I worked on strip mines. I could probably get a job now, but I don't want to mess up a good thing. So what do you think about that squirrel? Oh, man, it's good. It's good, I know. Thank you. They call it wild and wonderful West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> it is. 
And your girls are how old? My girls are nine, eight, six, and three. Taught any of them to shoot yet? Yeah, all of them. All of them. All, all of them. them. They think their mommy's a big hero, too, because she killed that big buck last year. Yeah. <laughs> how big was this thing? 250. Weighed 250 pounds. Yeah, you drag that thing out of the, out of the woods yourself? Mm-hmm. Dress it? Yes. Cook it? Yep. We don't rely on nobody. Yep, there ain't nothing I can't do, and if I don't know how to do it, I'll learn. We're not a bunch of pregnant women barefooted with no teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I got all mine, you see. <laughs> what's the best thing about living in this area, and what's the what's the worst thing? The best thing is the people here. You always got somebody that has your back no matter what. Like, I couldn't move away from here. I'm basically sick. Homesick. There's probably nobody in the tallers that I couldn't go say, hey, I need, I'm hungry. Would you fix me a sandwich? Or... And the worst thing? See somebody that's on pills or drunk or out here just fighting. What can you do? Pray for him. That's all we can do. Oh, little Liza. Oh, little Liza, little Liza Jane. For years here, the base was what was called a West Virginia Democrat. Hardline on the Second Amendment, religious, but pro-union, with a record of voting reliably blue. Those days are gone. Uh, you know, I'm a high school dropout. Military, you know, I was, I'm a veteran. There is a, a smell on the earth itself here in West Virginia that when I was away, when I was in the Army, that your soul rots away. It feels like you can't smell it. Or you, you look up and you see the sun all the way set. Here it disappears around 4 o'clock. Alan Lardieri is a former tanker in the U.S. Army, a what he calls constitutional conservative. He is solidly pro-Trump Republican, however distant from Mr. Trump's New York City background and gold-plated lifestyle he may be. You'll see a lot of parallels in rural West Virginia that you see in the inner city. I see a lot of parallels to yes, the places I've been. School districts that are starved, right. opioid addiction, teenage pregnancy, food deserts, you know, where there ain't nothing but fast food. Yeah, exactly. Okay, you where's our whole food? <laughs> it's non-existent, sir. Why would West Virginia overwhelmingly go for a guy, Donald Trump, who's never changed a tire in his life, who sits on a gold toilet? Yeah, everybody else talks around us, whatever. This man talks just like us, like how we talk to each other in our minds. It ain't pretty. It's, mm -hmm. it's straight talk. Well, you know, they say he tells it like it is. It I is. don't know. I don't know that that's true. He says outrageous things. I guess that's oh, refreshing. Yeah. You know, I gave up on political saviors a long time ago. I'm not going to be naive and go ahead and say that I think that there's going to be one individual, especially in government, that's going to turn everything around. Trump can bring change, and it's it's very quite simple. His offensive, incendiary nature can send a word out to these assholes that, I'm sorry, these individuals that so-called represent us in Congress, Senate, whatever. If people get frustrated enough, they're gonna put somebody in there that's not like you. You know, what I hope that things can come out of this is national dialogue. 
We have to start talking. We have to do it. Uh, he stopped tweeting from the toilet at 4 o'clock in the morning. I feel a lot more comfortable. You know, it's a little impulse control, dude. Uh Nice kind of aromatic quality to them. With the pawpaws, it's better if you can kind of like feel them, see if they're ripe. America's forgotten fruit, the pawpaw. Forgotten when most Americans stopped going to the forest for their food. But in West Virginia, they were never forgotten. So that's a pawpaw ice cream with some candied wildflowers. And then this is an old-fashioned vinegar pie. It's in a class of pies called desperation pies that try to create something like a lemon pie, and you don't have lemon juice. What do you do? Put some vinegar and some nutmeg together and give it that same kind of tang. Appalachia has a rich and deep culinary culture, increasingly fetishized, riffed on, appropriated for the genteel tastes of a hipster elite willing to pay big bucks for what used to be, and still is in many cases, the food of poverty. We see that ramps are selling for $30 a pound in New York City that were harvested in West Virginia. And what's West Virginia seen from that? Mm -hmm. Probably a guy that got about two bucks a pound. That becomes just another extractive industry, right. like coal or timber. But, and you sort of start to see that. That's a story of West Virginia. Yeah. Chef Mike Costello and partner Amy Dawson are looking to keep that culture alive and appreciated and paying off locally for the region it originated in. I also have some buttermilk poached trout that we're going to put on there with some pickled rhubarb. Yeah, it'll be good. They run a traveling kitchen that brings local ingredients, Appalachian recipes, and the stories behind them around the state. Lost Creek Farm is their place. A working farm they're rebuilding by hand. And the nucleus of that effort is the garden. Today, the one of the Logan Giants. This seed is Logan Giant seed, and they're an heirloom strain of bean. And I've had these seeds for 40 years. I've saved these for 40 years. This guy down at the end of the table, Lou, is in his 90s. He said it's important for somebody to carry on these traditions. He gave me his stock of heirloom beans this year. This is what heirloom looks like outside of Holy Foods bloody butcher corn fat horse beans, candy roaster squash, and Homer Fike's yellow ox heart tomatoes. Nice and soft, and it's like a really sweet green tomato. These ingredients define a near lost time and flavor. It's an Italian heirloom beet that was brought to West Virginia by Italian immigrants, so it's like, it's called a chiogia. A story of hardship and resourcefulness. We've got some sweet corn chowder. We're gonna just like drizzle a little bit of this nettles and wild apples. Next, we've got these crackers. They're broken communion wafers. You know, the way that Appalachian food has always worked is you work within your means and you create something pretty special out of what, you're, what you have at your disposal. And we've kind of suffered from this in a way. 
it created this sort of rush towards the middle class and a rush towards the perception that we're better than the foods that we used to have to eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we were taught a lot to be embarrassed of our oh, you know, hillbilly yeah. past, you know? I remember coming home from school and my dad having hogs head on the kitchen table making head cheese and sauce. Like, I'd have mortified if somebody came over and saw that. Yeah, a friend of mine's uh, grandmother once told me, you know, we used to make this because we were poor. Now we make it because it's effing good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what's that? This is some uh, buttermilk fried rabbit, rabbit that we raise here at the farm. Oh, yes. A little bit of uh, chow chow, some fresh maple syrup. Is it gross that we slaughter rabbits right behind us? This is some venison harvested from the woods here. It's got a wild chicory root rub to it. Some chanterelles and sorghum syrup and some wild pears. Wow. Mike and Amy's friends are a cross-section of people invested in West Virginia's potential. Oh, which one drinking here, the under the old school uh, cider? We actually came across a recipe from 1822 with elderberry and cider. And, uh, and it's a native, native plant here, so. We put a little bit in there to see what it would do, and it came out wonderful. You're using only West Virginia apples? I am only using West Virginia apples. That can't be cost effective. <laughs> it can and can't be. Nobody's talking about money at this table, though. <laughs> this is another thing for me. We are often talked about as being this impoverished state. We are rich, I mean, as could be in food and the things that we make as a culture and as a, as a community. When you're living on the land and doing what your ancestors did, you feel a connection that you can't get anywhere else. You know, you look at something as simple as these pole beans. It took a community to save that seed. You know, every time we put food on the plate, there's a, a story about the way that people have always kind of bound together to survive. this fire are looking hopefully to the future. They are friends, they are interdependent, a community, an economy. everybody that's going to the game. Bless these young men and these young women as they cheer and as they play on the field. Lord, guide us to victory this evening. Keep everybody safe to and from the game. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. It's Friday night, homecoming. The Summers County Bobcats versus the Mount View Golden Knights. And for the citizens of Welsh and McDowell County, this is a very big deal indeed. Everybody knows everybody else's families, asks after their kids by name, mixed couples are common. There's an easy familiarity between people here. 
West Virginia tradition, uh, coal mining in the military. Yeah, we were 10 and a half years, Navy. We done been around and back. You've been around them. <laughs> and you're back here. Back here. Monica Barner is a Mount View alum. Her husband, Sly, is a coach. And her sons, Elijah and Aliki, are on the team. Her daughter, Alisa, is a cheerleader. So it's personal for her. Born and raised here, went to school here. Wouldn't have another way. Garnett Edwards Jr. is a former Mount View player who went on to play college ball. In this state of West Virginia, we got two things going on for us. as church and sports. Now, if we lose a game, it's like losing our best friend. The go tonight's nothing. Fellas. Just want you to play hard. Just want you to play hard and make smart decisions. He messed up his back and couldn't work anymore He said one of these days he'll get out of these hills Daddy, I've been trying, I just can't catch a break There's too much in this world, can't seem to say
This is the game. We win or lose on this play. Get this ball game. Whenever you're in a bind, you stuck in a corner, you know what I'm saying? Fight through it. Fight your way out of it. And anything you do in life, in school, in football, as long as you got me and these coaches, and this community, it's all you need. I grew up here, got married here. It's it's home. Oh my goodness, there he is. Oh, I'm so proud of you. There's more here than just poverty and literacy and drugs. There's a lot of good people here. We all do care about each other. So proud, so proud. What are any of our hopes and dreams? A roof over our heads, some security, maybe even some happiness for our children. The opportunity to be proud of something. We all have that in common. I wish y'all could come down here and see us. And, and when y'all do, I hope y'all enjoy it. This is America. And if you can't embrace it, no matter how bitterly and fiercely we may disagree, there is no hope for any of us. I've been living here 65 years. And I wouldn't trade it for nothing. I guess I'll be here till they cut the lights out. Helio three! One, two, three! Helio!